Hi, dreamers. This is Lucy, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Made Expats with Lucy Jan, where I interview expats from all across the globe to share their inspiring and motivating stories. Today, I'm here with Julia. Julia migrated to Singapore from Malaysia when she was four years old. Growing up with immigrant parents who tried their best to support the family, she knew that education was important. So she studied really hard in school, and fast forward, she joined PwC in Singapore. After she joined PwC, she also worked at PwC in the UK for three years. And I mean, I see her as this superwoman, very successful with an inspiring story. So I'm so looking forward to our chat today. Welcome to the show, Julia. So great to have you today. And thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much, uh, Lucy. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks so much for inviting me. So, okay. So you moved to Singapore from Malaysia when you were four years old. That's very little. And I doubt you have a lot of clear memories when you just moved to Singapore. But do you remember how was your childhood growing up as a child of immigrant parents? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so um, I think for me, uh, when I reflected on my childhood years, I think three things uh, stood out. Uh, I learned to grow up quickly. I've uh, also learned to take on uh, responsibilities at a young age. And as a result of that, you know, uh, becoming more uh, resilient. Of course, I can say all these now on hindsight, uh, but then, you know, <laughs> growing up, that's certainly not what I was uh, thinking about. So perhaps, yeah, for a bit of uh, background, uh, so my parents were in the category of uh, what I call working class uh, immigrants. So when you're not um, highly educated, you move to a new country with a young family, you have no professional network, you know, to boot about and with no uh, family uh, support, um, you have to be very creative to look mm. after your family. So that's uh, exactly what my parents uh, did, um, and especially my mom. So growing up, you know, looking at uh, what my mom did for the family, I think uh, that, you know, has uh, deeply influenced uh, me. So again, I didn't know it back then, but uh, on reflection, I think, uh, you know, my childhood um, going through those years, uh, those were probably the best lessons uh, one could get on uh, resilience, uh, creativity and uh, determination. I'm quite happy to share some examples if you like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, resilience is one of the best soft skills that we can we can learn, I guess, uh, and someone can have. And do you have any sort of like examples that you can share, like any your childhood memories? Yes, happy to share. So other than myself, I have a sister who is five years younger than me. So if you think about growing up years, that's quite a big gap. Mm -hmm. uh, so my mom couldn't really go out uh, to work and get a full-time job because uh, there wouldn't be anyone, right, to look after mm -hmm. the two of us. So to uh, help out with the family income, uh, she became a seamstress so that she could be at home to work 
and look after us. So uh, back in those days, right, um, she was paid by how much uh, she could sew. And this was mass production. It's wow. not uh, It's not tailoring. It's just, you know, uh, yeah. sewing the hem and, you know, based on the design. And you just, you know, do as fast as as much as you can. So uh, at a young age, you know, uh, I started to help out with uh, household chores uh, that my mother uh, would teach me uh, so that she can, you know, spend more time sewing. So before you start to think that I was a good child, I wasn't. I was often (laughs) unwilling. And then I often wondered, uh, why do I have to do these when I don't think my friends, you know, had to. So this was uh, around, you know, um, seven to ten years old, right? Um, so that was my point about you know learning to take on responsibilities, even though you know um, uh, I was at a young age and you know was uh, an unwilling one to take on those responsibilities. <laughs> then it, yeah, yeah. So on the point about problem solving, uh, my mom couldn't walk me to school when I first started primary school, and I was seven years old then. So to problem solved, she actually uh, asked me to follow a neighbor who was also sending a child, um, her child to school and um, so that she can be at home to look after my sister who was two years old at that time. So then maybe the last example, um, which I thought may be worthwhile uh, sharing, and this was really about yeah creativity, I think, in the context you know, of what I saw my mom did. And I guess, you know, the the impact it has on me, right? So fast forward a few years uh, in my early teens, right? Um, I guess, yeah, family was uh, growing bigger. You you needed more income. So my mom uh, decided to get another job that allowed her to work a few hours uh, in the evening. This was quite interesting. Uh, Mm. It's actually um, selling and delivering uh, the health drink called Yakut, which I think a lot of people... I know Yakut. Oh my yeah. gosh, I know yeah, Yakut. This is quite popular in Korea. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so okay. back in those days, well, I guess, yeah, they, they, they started home delivery Yeah, quite early on. Same in Korea too. We, we yes. had Yakut. Yeah, I know. I know exactly ah, what you're talking okay. about. All know, right, so my mom became a Yakut lady. Yes. So, <laughs> so you earn a uh, sales commission. So you have to get the orders yourself and then you, you then uh, are paid based on, you know, the volume of sales you can get. And typically, um, the Yakut company will recruit, right, these uh, what we call aunties, right, mm-hmm. in our local context. And then they say, okay, you'll cover this area. So I was living in, I mean, in Singapore, uh, housing estates, the HDB. Um, mm. Yeah, where you you have blocks and blocks, right? Um, of flats is what we call it. So then my mom uh, was uh, given right the the area near where we uh, lived. So she became a Yakut uh, lady. Um, so it was quite interesting. I mean, the company right um, provided the training and then provided the equipment like fridge and the cooler bags right so so yeah at, at my house back then we, we had we, we had yeah many many packets of mm. uh, yakut so in the evening so my mom would fill up her cooler bags right with yakut and then use her bicycle to go around the housing estate to deliver yakut to her customers so um, I was well in my early teens right so I'll, sometimes I do follow her on some evenings uh, when, you know, uh, the, the orders happen to be, you know, more and uh, I help her to carry 
um, the bags mm. because uh, these are drinks, right, and can be quite um, heavy. So I was quite embarrassed, you know, sometimes to go around because, you know, my friends are, are also mm. living in the same state <laughs> and it certainly uh, didn't feel to me like a glamorous uh, job. Mm. But again, I, I think it's, you know, creativity, right? You have constraints, right? There's no one else. You, you can't hire help, right? Then mm. there's uh, no one else um, to kind of look after your, your children. Uh, but hey, this job allows you to, you know, just do it. Uh, for a certain time um, mm. during the day when when you can. Mm-hmm. Wow. When you just, you know, we're talking about Yakult, I exactly <laughs> imagine all the Yakult <laughs> ladies in Korea because yeah. I don't know, it, they, they are still there. They're still here in Korea. But like mm. back then, they were like literally what you told me, they are delivering Yakult like to, to home. So it, right. yeah, I, yes. I can totally imagine what you're, what you're saying, what you're saying. Well, were you always, you, you know, you studied really hard, right? Were you always really good at like studying or it, um, how did it happen? How did it happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, I um, was Pretty, I guess I was better than average uh, mm-hmm. in school, uh, even uh, since a young age. Uh, but I was not like your, you know, top student where I can be top by not studying. So, so I knew that much about myself. <laughs> so I, I can do well in exams, but I need to put in the effort. Mm-hmm. So that was mm-hmm. uh, what I did. Yeah. So nothing happened. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have any uh, miracles or a set uh, or a setback that that caused me to be on that path. I I I, I wouldn't say I enjoy it, but uh, I guess it was the realization uh, that in Singapore, uh, during that period when I was uh, growing up in the eighties and nineties, right, um, Singapore was pushing itself to be a meritocratic society. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like okay, you know, um. You, 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 education, right, will mm. help you, right, uh, yeah. improve your uh, social uh, mobility. I, I guess, uh, don't ask me, yeah, whether there was any uh, intention, but I guess from where I was, like, okay, you know, uh, make sure I study hard, get a good job <laughs> when I grow up. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, all the experiences that you had during childhood, you know, you know, helping your mom sue and uh, helping your mom with Yakult delivery, I think it all adds up to what you are today, I guess, uh, all the great um, lessons that you learned um, during childhood. Do you, did you have any childhood dream? Like, you know, I want to, you know, like when you were, when we are a teenager, when we were young, oh, I want to be you know, so-and-so, did you have that or you were more focused on studying and then making sure I have a good education or mm. how, how was your childhood? Um, I guess, yeah, um, it depends on what you uh, define as uh, childhood dreams, right? Of course, I dreamt of, you know, um, becoming a pilot, you know, running a <laughs> restaurant and um, becoming an athlete even, you know, oh, to wow. represent yeah, Singapore in Southeast Asian games. But I wouldn't really call those like really, you know, my dream dreams. It's more a representation of uh, the phases I happen to go through or maybe what I happen to be influenced, right, during mm. that period of time by what I watch. So, however, I think uh, what 
uh, was a dream um, that I was quite uh, determined to pursue, right, was uh, going overseas uh, to mm. study. So by that time, you know, I was, um, I guess, yeah, um, preparing for my A-levels. And I think that uh, desire to um, go overseas um, to, to study, um, to see the world, to experience uh, life uh, abroad, um, I think I would call that, yeah, a, a dream that that was uh, very real to mm. me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you were so so you were planning to uh, apply for the university in the in the UK, right? Yes, yes, that's right. How was uh, how was your experience? I guess like you were studying really hard, and then you were dreaming to study ab- abroad, and ha- ha- you know, and in the end, um, you know, I heard we we already chatted before, so I, I know already, but you didn't get the scholarship, so I'm sure you worked really hard for it. But uh, you know, when you didn't get what you were kind of dreamed of, how did you, you know, overcome that? Like, you know. You've been working so hard on it, and you know it's not happening. So how 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 did you feel, and how did you overcome? Um, well, I guess uh, you know uh, I felt uh, disappointed, um, and I did get into the schools that I applied for. Right, it's just that uh, I couldn't get the the, the uh, funding right that was needed um, to go uh, overseas. Uh, however, at the same time, I wasn't prepared uh, to incur a huge uh, debt um, mm. at, at a young age. Yeah. So, and I also uh, happened to get a local um, scholarship for a course that uh, was my first choice as well. So, it was not that, you know, I was left with uh, no option or a poor uh, option, right? So, mm. after weighing in, um, I decided to yeah stay on uh, in Singapore, go to a local uh, university. So in a way, you know, like deeply disappointed, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I decided, yeah, that was probably the better option for me at that point in time, to stay at mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and have you, like, d- during university, you were... Like, I guess, like, you accepted it, you know, in, in a good way, I guess. Uh, but have you always, like, wondered, oh, like, when am I going to live in the UK? You know, it's my dream. How am I going to live abroad? Have you ever kind of, like, planned it out, like, in your mind? Um, I, I guess, uh, yes, actually. Yeah, during university, um, there were uh, those uh, short-term uh, Ex- Exchange, exchange program. Yes. Uh, so uh, my housemate, uh, my mate uh, in uni, uh, we were all quite geared up to go. <laughs> uh, but then after that, we looked at you know the universities, the locations, the elective courses that we could do, and the sum of money. Uh, in the end, yeah, we decided it doesn't make a, a lot of sense. Yeah, to go for it. And also partly, yeah, financially, um, I thought, you know, just going for a short stint and I had to, you know, uh, cough out, you know, a sum of money. I didn't, mm. it, it's still, it's, it, it wasn't the same as if mm. you were to go away properly for a few years. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the end, I, I didn't uh, go for that uh, option. But the dream was still alive, right? It is mm-hmm. uh, uh, irrespective of whether it's uh, UK or it's just, yeah, I, I, I'm young. I, I want to, you know, go uh, abroad to experience life. Yeah. And well, in the end, you did. So <laughs> that's good for you. So, so like after university, you joined PwC right away, mm-hmm. if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Like, I mean, joining PwC will be a lot of young professionals' dream. I have no doubt on that. Like, you know, big firm like PwC is so glamorous. It's just amazing to join a company like that. Is that something that you were planning? Like during university, mm. uh, I didn't plan on joining PwC um, specifically. Uh, but the reason I chose uh, PwC over uh, some of the other job offers I had upon my graduation uh, was uh, the associate uh, program um, for working in the UK and doing. Um, the uh, chartered accountant uh, qualification um, over a three-year um, period. So it was available to uh, associates in the second year um, to apply. So it was uh, mainly for that uh, reason that I chose a PwC over the other um, job office. And uh, for my first year, because um, you apply for it at the end of the first year with uh, PwC, so, um, so by that time, I was quite uh, focused on making sure I had the best possible chances of uh, being selected for the program. So um, I talked to a manager who had done this uh, program before about mm. uh, what, it, what, what it's like right, to be living overseas and also um, having to do the uh, chartered accountant qualification and also uh, what does it take to then be selected for the program. So in my first year, um, with that uh, goal in mind, I made sure that I performed well uh, on my engagements in PwC. Mm. Um, and then uh, by the time, yeah, the program opened up for us to apply, I applied for it. And um, thankfully, yeah, I got through. Wow. Congratulations. I mean, <laughs> that's Thank a you. smart plan in my opinion. So t- could you tell me a little bit about your life in the UK? Like, you know, you wanted to live overseas when you were a teenager and finally you are living in the UK and now you're earning money, you're working at a good company. And how was, like, how was it living in the UK? Um. Okay, I so I was there uh, in total uh, for, for three years. Then subsequently, I, I went back there again for a year, but I'll focus on the, the first experience, right? Uh, uh, I would say that uh, overall, it was a very positive uh, experience. And it's um, a self-discovery, you know, of mm. uh, myself as well, right? And I mean, I went there when I was in my early 20s yeah maybe 22 so really uh, young 22 yeah yes yeah that's right (laughs) so i would say overall uh, a a positive uh, experience but uh, along the way um i also you know faced uh, challenges 
uh, and and that's the whole self-discovery part, right? Mm. I learned about oh, that's what people think, and you know, you you learn um about um learning to listen, interpret, and respond to mm. um different perspectives because uh, back in early two thousand, right, Singapore compared um to the UK, UK was uh, a lot more. Uh, cosmopolitan, right? And mm. being in London, it's a very, very um lively uh city, and uh you you meet um people from all over the world because at that point in time, right, Singapore was not known to be the Singapore of today, right? Oh wow! I, well, yeah, I sorry, I can't imagine because now Singapore is so diverse, and Correct. you have a lot of people from all over the world. So yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting to hear that. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Yes. Oh, yeah. That that's right. Yeah. So I so I will say that yeah, Singapore today is is very different, right, from the Singapore uh in in early uh two thousand. So going to London therefore was like, wow, you start to meet you know people from all over the world. You learn about um uh, you know their cultures. You learn to pick up accents mm-hmm. <laughs> before that i couldn't tell you know uh yeah an english accent from a german accent yeah yeah right so, so so you learn all these things and and i think on the uh personal side right because uh london is so close uh, to um europe so obviously got the chance uh, to travel um to yeah visit other um you know, new uh, other countries, and then also picking up uh, new experiences. So, for example, um, uh, with a group of friends, uh, I picked up skiing. Oh, mm. nice, nice, nice. And um, do you have you experienced any like sort of culture differences, especially at workplace? I mean, you know, you are working at a UK office, and you already at at that at that point in time, you already. Worked at PwC in Singapore for one year. So, any cultural differences that you experienced? Um. Yeah. Definitely. Um. However. Um. You know, it was a long time ago, and you know, both uh, Singapore and UK have changed. Uh, yeah, quite a true. bit in the past uh twenty years. Uh, but if I reflected on that point in time specifically to um your questions around cultural differences, right? I think one of the cultural um differences that struck me, right, about twenty years ago, um, was the fact that uh, socialization and getting to know each other in the workplace in Singapore was quite different compared to the UK. So, uh, in Singapore, right, being an Asian country and being a foodie uh nation, mm. we are. Uh, tend to bond with each other over meals, especially uh, during lunch hours. True, true. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, when uh, in my first year, right, uh, in PwC, because um, of the nature of our industry, we typically join with friends from the same school. Um, and because you are, you know, first year, uh, noob, right? So you tend to want to meet for lunch, uh, yeah. share experiences, and and also that that's how we got to know um other colleagues uh as well, yeah. So so that was uh you know lunch hour was a very important part, you know important hour of yeah. uh, the work day, right? 
So when I then started work uh, in the UK, the first three months, to be honest, uh, was uh, quite a struggle. You know, after the euphoria of, yeah, I'm in a new place, you know, I, I yeah, uh, achieved yeah. my dream. Then I realized uh, on this uh, social uh, aspect, right? The lunch, there was nobody asking you for no. lunch. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be like waiting expectantly, right? I mean, I'm new in the office. I don't really know a lot of people. So I was like, oh, maybe yeah, people will start, you know, asking mm-hmm. each other for lunch, like like what we, we do or what we did back then in Singapore and it's like very quiet. Yeah. And then I realized, uh, oh, actually people would just step away by themselves. Yes. Buy lunch, <laughs> come back and eat at the desk. And then I realized, okay, so people don't really see lunch hour as a social hour. The social hour actually is the end of the day when mm, they will go to the pub. That's actually true. That That is a really good point. Yes. Yeah. So mm. from after three months of like, oh, I'm so lonely to, okay, I think I know the, the, you know what the difference is. So so I, I adapted. And, and thank goodness uh, I can hold uh, my drink and I do like to drink. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. I adapted to... <laughs> You know the way I I yeah get to know um people. That's yeah. I mean, honestly, I haven't really thought about that like um lunch hour thing, but I I hundred percent agree with you. Like Korea, Singapore, Asian culture, still mm. today, like lunch hour is very important, and then mm. you bond over lunch, you know, hour. Mm. But yeah. like. Even like other countries, like in Europe, in the Netherlands, or, or mm. in Canada, other countries, mm. they don't really, you know, you become more independent per se, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone, you know, you cannot somehow expect uh, your colleagues to come to your desk and ask for lunch every single day. You just like do, right. do, you know, you need to find your own way somehow. Yeah. So yeah, that's a. I haven't really thought about in that perspective so it's uh it's actually true uh i i, I yeah <laughs> i was happy to hear that <laughs> so okay now um so you were working in the uk for three years and uh now i want to really focus on be- you becoming a partner at pwc it's a it's a huge achievement and uh, i don't know like what's the right question but any any tips that uh, you could share with young professionals who are, you know, they, they can work at, uh, you know, big, you know, big four accounting firms or any any firms in general, but they want to get promotion really fast or they want to be successful in the corporate world. Do you have any tips that uh, you, you'd like to share? Mm, sure. Um, I think everybody is different, but I Perhaps, yeah, based on, on my own, you know, experiences, uh, I'll share maybe three points. Um, I think the first one is uh, attitude and, you know, really putting in your, your best work, no matter how menial um, the task is. And I say that because uh, uh, my own observation of, um, you know, the um, younger generation is sometimes uh, they may not uh, have the commitment or you know if it's something that's not interesting they mm-hmm. tend to uh give up quickly mm-hmm. right or think that uh, they're not going to get uh, 
anything out of it. Mm-hmm. But I would like to uh, perhaps yeah, frame it in a slightly um, different way. It's not so much of uh, what you are being asked to do. It's more your attitude you know, towards mm-hmm. that responsibility that you have been um, given. And of course, I speak in the context of uh, professional um, services where it is very much based on uh, teamwork. Right, everybody contributes individually, yes, uh, but um, we collectively we we take pride in giving you know our clients right the best uh, outcome. So I think my first point is you know put in your best work, no matter how menial uh, it is. Take pride, you know, in, in in what you do, right? Because you can always learn something from a exactly. particular task, right? Or a particular responsibility within the project that you are in. Then secondly, um, is around uh, teaming, right? So teaming is knowing when, right, to be a leader. Mm. But at the same time, is also knowing when to be a follower. So even in, you know, what I do today, even though I'm a partner, right? Uh, sometimes I'll tell my team, uh, especially if it's, you know, things that they are already good at, I'll tell them that, hey, you know what, you guys can do it. And, you know, in that instance, right, I will follow the team's uh, tenfold. So so I think teaming uh, is important even more so because um, with, um, you know, technology, right, and having people um, being able to do their work and being connected uh, digitally, we need to continue, right, to be able to collaborate, Mm. and be able to, you know, kind of uh, appreciate different perspectives, mm. right? Uh, whether we agree or, or disagree, that's a separate, you know, matter. Yeah. But it's about, yeah, learning how to work with people in, in mm. some way. Then I think lastly is uh, being humble. Uh, again, in the context of the environment that we are in now, it's really fast-moving. <laughs> Right, so I, I, I compare right the role of a partner today versus the role of a partner 20 years ago when mm-hmm. you don't have Google, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> you, when you need, you know, specialist advice, you, you need to talk to a professional, right? These days, yeah, I'm ill, uh, who do I go to? I Google first, right, mm-hmm. before I actually mm-hmm. go to a doctor. So my point here is, uh, because of the environment we, we are in, uh, there's so many new things that will continue to, you know, happen, right? Uh, with ESG becoming a global uh, agenda, many of us, yeah. you know, are, are doing it for the first time. So I think having that humility to say, I don't know, having wow. the humility to say that it's okay, I don't know, but I will learn. And having the mm. humility to say, to, to, to ask others, you know, for help. Wow, those I wow those those three points I haven't really you know it's I think like collaboration yes I heard it but like um being humble and um being really okay with uh, being vulnerable and you know humility that's I think the first time that I hear uh I really like that <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, and I think uh, for me I mean uh, on the point about vulnerability right just to share because you know of my current role, right? Sometimes I think to myself, oh no, do I, um, am I expected to know this? And sometimes yeah. in my head, right? Then yeah, Julia, you are expected to know this, but 
I realized, no, if I continue to be like that, then I will actually not be relevant anymore if I stop mm. learning. Right. So these days, I'm like, no, the world has changed. Right. There are、yeah. new things. Right. Hitting us. New business models, and in my line of work, I better make sure that you know I learn and I learn faster, <laughs> and I'll be able to apply, right? Yeah, and and share my learnings、uh, with with others where possible. So, have you always had a growth mindset? Like, as the world is changing so fast, and there are so many things that we need to learn and adapt to, and I'm wondering if you were always open to learning new things with a growth mindset. Well,、um, truth be told, Lucy, I didn't know about this growth uh, mindset uh, as a concept until、uh, much later when I was a young adult. But I guess、uh, for me, it has always uh, stemmed uh, from the my love of reading,、um, and when I、um, read、uh, both fiction and and nonfiction. Um, I feel that、uh, it, you know, transports me to a different place, a different、uh, experience, and I think because of that,、uh, my mind has always been、uh, very open to、uh, learning, and I've also realized over the years that、uh, I learn through experience,、um, by observation,、mm-hmm. and also,、um, you know, visually. So I think、um, this.、Um, Learner mindset, I think, irrespective of what、uh, it stems from, and I, I just think that in today's、uh, context, as you rightly mentioned, the world is、uh, changing so quickly.、Uh, it's、uh, more complex than ever with you know information at our fingertips. I think、um, having this learner mindset、uh, is important, and it's not enough to just. Uh, learn, but it's learning how to learn and also apply、mm-hmm. in our individual context. That's going to help us、uh, make sense of the world as we, you know, go through our individual journey.、Hmm. Wow, amazing! <laughs> okay, so my last question to every guest:、uh, What is your favorite book that you like to recommend to the listeners? Sure.、Um, I think、uh, one of my all-time favorite、uh, books is、uh, *The Alchemist*、uh, by、oh. Paulo Coelho. Right.、Um, so to me, right,、uh, it is really about a book, right? That's being true to yourself, be true to your dreams, to your calling, and then not be afraid, right,、mm-hmm. to pursue them. Easier said than done. And I actually. So, so I first read a book, right, in my twenties,、um, and then I reread it quite uh, uh, recently.、Mm. And I think it's one of those books that,、uh, yeah, personally, I I will return to it time and again because、mm. each time I read it,、um, you know, I have uh, different uh, revelations. Mm. Mm. Well, I I love that book as well. So, <laughs> and to be honest, like I've been waiting. Like I I ask this question to every guest, right? And I I I love reading books as well. I have many books that I like, but so it's very difficult to choose one of the、mm. favorite books. But、mm. The Alchemist has been like one of the books in my radar. So I was waiting、mm. for someone to say that. <laughs> 
when you said archivist i was like wow oh my gosh yes <laughs> yeah and i think for those uh who are interested in you know behind the scenes uh type thing actually uh the re- the the author himself right i mean he did a podcast uh with uh oprah when he talked about you know his um, journey writing that book and he felt that the book was not really written by him right but written through him yeah by you know <laughs> a more divine yeah. yeah authority so that you know all of us um, can can read it and and i guess interpret it for ourselves what mm-hmm. it means uh, to us individually Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> 40 <laughs> minutes just passed by. I really enjoyed talking to you. Well, we can wrap up today's interview. Is there anything that you want to say before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, well, um, no, so, so um, Lucy, we, we talked about it, right? Uh, this is the first time I'm, I'm doing a podcast and usually I'm very shy about these things. Uh, but um, the objective of doing this is uh, to let my story hopefully uh, help others, you know, through uh, perhaps a dream that they've been, you know, wanting to pursue but uh, have some doubts or you know, knowing that uh, if you put your mind to, to something, uh, you can, you know, achieve, yeah, your goal. So um, that's really, yeah, the purpose of me, yeah, sharing uh, my story here with you today, Lucy. Wow. I'm sure a lot of people are getting inspired by your story. And I'm sure there's, you know, if we, if your story can help one person, at least, it, it's really meaningful. Right. So I, I bet I, I, I'm sure of it. So thank you so much for sharing your story and thank you so much for taking your time today. So, yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Lucy. It's such a pleasure to be on your show. And once again, uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for joining us this week. Hope you learned something new from this episode and now you are motivated and fired up to make your dream come true. Make sure to share with others who might need to listen to this podcast because this is something they needed to listen to to be inspired. We never know. Lastly, be sure to subscribe and follow Self Made Express with Lucy John on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for being here.